the message that I have for you <clears throat> is entitled, Who is Like Unto Thee? Speaking about our God, who is like unto thee? I, I am humbled that the Lord asked me to bring this message to you because uh, it's about holiness. And we can never in any way diminish the holiness of our God. But the Lord has put this in my heart to share it, mainly because he spoke to me uh, about this. And always when he speaks to me, it gives me an, uh, an idea to bring it to you. But I want to tell you that I, I am um, reserved to speak about the holiness of God because I would never want to err regarding his holiness. But I would never want to miss a revelation about his holiness if he gave it to me. So I, I share it with you. It's the third. It took me three weeks to get to it. The first week was we talked about a living sacrifice. I tried to, to prepare us for this message. And then the second message that we talked about was God's household, that we are God's house. So today... I want to talk about him uh, habitating us with his holiness. And so this is not a doctrine, but it's just something that the Lord gave me. And I, and I want to share it with you. So as we remember that we have, we are to be a living sacrifice. We're to present ourselves unto God as a living sacrifice. And when we remember that we are his house, he lives in us. But not only does he live in us, but he is our habitation. His, we are his dwelling place. And so as we look at the message today, we meditate on it for a moment. And you have Bibles in front of you, and or you brought your Bibles today. And I want you to maybe get it in your hand, because I'm going to ask you to look at a specific scripture in a moment. Because sometimes it's good if you see what it is that the Lord wants to say, that I can say those things. Many preachers just give you a text, uh, one or two scriptures, and then they preach their thoughts on it. But I like to stick to the word of God because I'm afraid. You know, I'm afraid to stand before him and to give all my ideas. And so that's kind of where I am today. This is one I've never heard preached before, but uh, you may have it in your heart. I don't know. But if we meditate upon this moment and think about who uh, is like unto our God, that we would try to live a sacrificial life to him, that we would like to keep him in our house. You know, so who is like unto him? What is better than him? Is there nothing? There is nothing better than him. And yet he loves us and we've made mistakes and we we constantly need his help, need his forgiveness, need his kindness, his goodness. We constantly need that. And he says he'll never leave us. So I want to bring this message to you today. I, I, I want us to give some thought to the supernatural God that lives in us. We haven't seen him, but we know of him. We know the testimony of who he is. That's why we're going to talk about testimonies next week. What kind of a testimony has God did? What has he did in our life that we can share with others? 
And so today I want you to give some thought to the supernatural God. You know, sometimes we have been a Christian for years and we just, well, that's God. We worship him. We love him. But but what is the reality of our God and what does it mean to us and how do we live to be like him? Now, I would like for you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus, the 15th chapter, because I want us to read this together because I want us to see this passage of scripture. This is Old Testament. This is before grace. This is before mercy. This is when God was God and there was restrictions and rules and laws. Yet, look at it. Exodus 15, second chapter in your Bible, 15th chapter, and at the 11th verse. And just follow me because I have a thought here and there throughout the verse. And when you're ready, say ready. 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 Oh, thank God they're ready. (laughs) So who, let's read it together first and then I'll give you my thoughts. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Now read verse 13. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto the holy habitation. From the beginning of time, there are gods. See, it says, who are like thee? And to what God are you like? There are gods. There are gods of this world that anything that is between us and God and keeps us more busy than serving God. You know, I just grieve when I go down the the road uh, to my path home, and I see the football games or the uh, baseball games on Sunday. And I thought there was a day that they would not do that. But you know what? Sunday's the Lord's day. It's a day that we rest in God. It's a day we take in the word. So who is like unto thee, O God? Among the gods, way back there, there were gods. And God had to pull out his people and say, this is what I want for you. In the midst of all these gods, since Abraham and the sin began, the devil uh, tormented the world, there's been gods. And we have gods today, but what is the best God? Who is the best God? Why do we have the God that we have? Because he created us, because he, he built this world. He's God. There's none higher than him. And I think that we need to start thinking that way. You know, when we say those things, sometimes I just say, oh, God. You know, and I don't mean to curse. I just mean, oh, God, I need you. Oh, Jesus, I need you. And we need to have his name on our lips where we're worshiping him and thanking him for what we have instead of worrying about what we don't have because we have so much, as Sister Kathy said. So he's glorious in holiness. He's fearful in praises. This is the word of the Lord to the church this morning. And his mercy is there. And there's, and then it says, thou hast redeemed. He's talking about all these things that are in the New Testament. If you read this with an open eye, you'll see that there's prophetic words here. That he's preparing us for the New Testament, for the day of grace. So this is a great chapter. And it begins with, this is the beginning with the song of Moses. 
it has wonderful things in it. It says in verse 15, 2, you read there, it says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Just let that sink in, church. Read it with me. The Lord is my... Where are we at? Verse 2. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. It's so important, church. What is a habitation? Well, a habitation is a residence. He's going to be resident in us. And that's important. And and we are going to be his dwelling place. He's going to look onto the earth and see the places where he can dwell, where he can have a habitat and go there and see what that individual is doing, how this individual is living in. It's not just at some time. He's always resident in us if we are in obedience to him. And it's it's in the dictionary says it's a state of living somewhere. Now, consider this, church, that he's living in us. This is a most powerful thought. If we thought of that more often, we'd live more like he's living in us. Because he's righteous. And what does that mean? He's just right. He will give us the right way to to serve him. So as you do devotions, and I pray that you'll just read this chapter this week. It's a very... An, um, uh, a common chapter because it talks about the strength of the Lord. But, you know, we're not in this world by ourselves. He created us. He's with us. He's never left us. And he's going to go before us and he's going to follow after us. And he's our God. And there's no God higher than our God. I love that song that when we sing, no God like Jehovah, no God like Jehovah. And the more times they say it, the more I feel his presence. And the more we should sing that song because it's just awesome. So take devotions. I know you do devotions. And and if you would just read this chapter uh, again and refresh yourself in Exodus 15, you'll you'll feel you'll see the mercy. You'll see the redeemed. You'll see the salvation. You'll see all the New Testament grace and mercy that God has given to us. Psalm 29, 2 and 4 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Did we worship him this morning in the beauty of holiness? Holiness is not how we look on the outside, church. Holiness is what is in our heart. And so it says, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. God has a voice if we will hear it. You know, over and over in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. And I, and you can quote that. I mean, probably many people that don't even go to church can quote that because we know that if we will hear, we will do better. But guess what, church? We don't always hear. We hear the things of the enemy sometimes more keen than we hear the things of God that he's speaking. But God is speaking today and we can hear his voice. He, you will be so blessed. Psalm 47, 8 says, God reigneth over the heathen. We're worried about the elections. We're worried about, well, maybe you don't worry. Maybe you're just concerned. But we're concerned about government issues today. 
I don't, I don't think anybody uh, that, uh, that they have up is worthy to lead a, a, a kingdom like the United States of America unless they know God. And God is the one that's leading, and so whoever gets it don't matter because God is in control. Because the Bible says that God reigneth over the heathen. How many know we have heathen in our government? That's people who don't believe and trust God. And it says that, that God reigneth over them. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. When things don't go the way you want them, just remember that he is still sitting on the throne. He's still God, and he will still move for you. It might not be the way you want it. It might not be when you want it. It might not be anything that you desire. But if you're faithful unto God, he will reign over your life, and he will bless you because he lives in you. And so I want you to hear this word this morning, First Thessalonians 4, 7. It says, and this is a high point of the message. It says, for God hath not... For God hath not called unto us, for God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Listen to that. He has called us unto holiness. That's what I want you to see. He has called us unto holiness. Well, you know, the word holiness has gotten a bad deal because it's been about buns on the head and and all kinds of outward appearances, you know, when I went to school, when I, in my former church where I grew up as a child, you know, we couldn't wear shorts, we couldn't do this, a lot of the things, we couldn't go to movies, you know, we had all, all those outward um, legalistic things instead of being taught how to be righteous unto God, how to be right in our decisions, how to be right in our attitudes, how to be right, you know, with the things go wrong, how to act right when something goes wrong instead of acting wrong too how many know what i mean when somebody is mad at you eventually you get mad at them you know and there's no righteousness in that discussion so this is so important god has called us unto holiness now holiness has got a bad rip because they've thought that holiness was a lot of things that it isn't and this is the revelation that the Lord has, has spoke to my heart. And I want to share it with you is that he's called us unto holiness. The only way we can be holy is because he lives in us. We know that at salvation our sins are forgiven. But who said that when we, when we are saved, the, the holiness of God comes within us. If the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are there, trust me, church, there's holiness. So there's holiness that is given to us, you know, this is not a doctrine, but as I read it, I see that holiness is given to us when we receive the Lord. But how our idea is, well, if you have holiness, you have to be perfect. This is why we have holiness in us, that we will strive for it. That as he lives in us in a holiness manner, that we will grow from that holiness and be a better Christian. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying to the congregation that we are not good Christians. I'm saying to us that there's a revelation that tells us if we'll do the right thing, if we'll be obedient. I just sat there in Sunday school and I thought, any minute she's going to preach my sermon. But God is looking for, for obedience and think what he can do when we are obedient. I mean, just think about that, what he did for Noah, because he was obedient. 
if the if the saints of God would be obedient to the will of God, if God would be first in their life, if we would rise up and stand on the power of his word, then the holiness will 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 grow in us. And that's what God wants. He wants us. He comes in his holiness. He gives us that revelation. And now he desires us to live for that. That's why I talk about it a lot about growing, growing, growing. I know I'm talking to an adult church here. I know that you know the Lord. I know that you read, you pray, you do those things. But the reason that that happens is because God is working his holiness in us. Because, you know, to say that holiness is how I look is not appropriate. But to say holiness is how I act. Holiness is how I follow the Christ. Give unto the Lord glory, do his name, worship the Lord in the spirit of holiness. Hear his voice because it's powerful and it's full of majestic power. You know, God's desire for his people is in Luke 1, 74 and 75. It says that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of the enemies might serve him without fear And verse 75 says, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And God is speaking to us. It's not just salvation. Salvation is the key. It's the it's the high point of coming to Christ. But when we come to Christ, we need to take in all the things that he wants. It says right there, he delivered us out of the hand of the enemy. And in holiness and righteousness, he desires us to work and live for him. The message is just meant to bring a new inspiration to your life. If you've never seen this fact, you know, I know the Lord lives in us. I talked about the living sacrifice. I talked about the household of God. Today I'm talking about the habitation of God. That He He never leaves us. He's there. He sees it all, church. If you close the closet door, it doesn't matter. He's there because he's with us perpetually, really, to care for us and to drive us to more holiness we are holy when we come to him because he cleanses us from sin but the holiness that he desires is that we continue to be more obedient to him it's so powerful in my spirit today i think holiness as far as i'm concerned when i was a child you know i i thought if i wore a new dress to church i was kind of holy because that's what it was taught was outside of it, you know. And my mama would get my clothes ready for Sunday and hang it up. And I don't; those are my holy clothes. I can't wear them any time but to church. Has anybody else been in, in, raised in a church somewhat like that? It was a great church. It brought salvation to my life. It gave me all the power to be this pastor that I am, whatever I am. It was awesome. And it doesn't hurt to know that holiness is powerful and holiness should be on the outside, too. I don't believe in them worshiping and leading song services with holes in their jeans and stuff like that. You know, I don't believe that. I believe the holy. This is a holy of holies and we should do the best. I never understood that till I came here and pastored and they said, I want you to wear the robe. What does the robe mean, church? It means that that you don't look at me, but that you hear the message that goes forth. And people don't understand that because they come in, they see us, and they think we're some nominal church that has rituals. It's not a ritual. It's just a, a thing that God has put into our spirit. And God wants to hide us from the things of the world. And they want our Christian character to stand out and not the things that are 
that need to be forgiven on occasion. So when our sin is forgiven and we experience the born again and Christ comes in, all of the things that he has is in him. His faithfulness, you know, his compassion, his holiness, all those things are in us. And all we have to do is work them, is be obedient to the things that God wants and to keep him as first place in our heart and life. So I think that God is speaking to me to step up my obedience to him to step up where I way the way I live and what I do and if he speaks to me not to eat sugar I shouldn't eat sugar do you know what I'm saying church because some things God speaks to us we know it you know I got a little a thing in the bulletin it, it I think Wendy sent it to me, but it was something that, Wendy, I, wherever you are, I gave it to you when we was with Pastor Randy and the school there. And it's about some can and others can and I can't. So you can't judge yourself by somebody else. You have to judge yourself by God and by the Holy Spirit and by and by Jesus. You cannot judge yourself by other other people. It's so important, church. God is calling a people out in this hour that will be righteous and that will be put him first and that will love him with all their heart, that a headache won't keep them from church. Nothing will keep them as long as they're on their feet. They're in the house of God. They're worshiping. They're serving God with all of their heart. First Timothy 4, 7. It says, you know, God wants us to be pure and he wants us to be holy. It says, when our sin is forgiven and the experience of born again of spirit, the born again spirit is in us. The Trinity of God takes residence in us and God lives in holiness. And now he and Jesus and the Holy Spirit live in us. And there is a holy spot in our life if we'll be obedient to it. We must strive to be pure. We must strive for the things of God. Consider who lives in us today. Let me wait on you a second. While we think on this, sometimes silence helps us focus, you know, because look at your neighbor, look look at your neighbor, look at the neighbor by you. God's in resident there. God's resident there. We love one another. You know, we care for one another. We do the right thing toward one another, I pray. Oh, imagine the hosts of heaven, the glorious seraphim and the cherubim, the midriff of angels, the throne room. What must God's home be like in heaven? And he has all that beauty that he has brought into our life. But the enemy just harasses just harasses and harasses and harasses and tries to take away the glory of God that lives in us. We are more powerful than the works of darkness because he who lives in us, he who has taken up his habitation in us, is more powerful than the works of darkness. Well, why do we have the works of darkness? Because we need to overcome. We need to overcome. Overcome fear and anxiety and stress and all those things. That, that, that's our job to overcome, to be stronger and more powerful and to move in the holiness that lives in us, that gives us the opportunity to be better for the kingdom of God. Imagine that holiness of God and yet 
He lives in us. It's difficult to talk about the Holy Ghost, uh, the holiness of God, in one in one sermon. So I pr- I trust that that you will take this in to your heart and your spirit, and just you know when you get in your car and head for work or wherever you're going, or whatever's happened, just think now how can I be holy today? God lives in me. He's holy. He asked me to be holy. How can I be holy today? It's not with your nose in the air and better than somebody. What it is is humility, compassion, and obedience. And try to pray for a, uh, to be able to stick a word in season that will no- notify the person that you're talking to that God lives in you. God has declared his word in Isaiah 45:22. He says, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. The God of the universe, the God of all gods lives in us. We must not let the gods of this world creep in. First place in our life is what belongs to God. Holiness, and this is what I believe it is, and you can believe what you want to believe. But holiness is a commitment to a Christ-like style of life. That's what it is. And you know where it's the hardest to promote holiness in your life is when you're trying to deal with somebody that you love or deal with your family or deal with your teenagers. You know, that's where the holiness can grow. That's where you lose a bit of it or you grow in it. Trust me, church. That's the hardest part when your children are not faithful to God, you know, and you you must live the life of Christ in front of them. You must talk to them with kindness and love. So there's a great need today to get to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. It's a great need to read them because that's the life of Christ. That's the life we want to emanate in this earth. And if you haven't seen the chosen, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, please see the chosen. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere. It's not doesn't costly, but it's like Christ walks right into your life. It's not like any other life of Christ picture. It is it, it it's straight from God. Don't you think? It's so awesome. And Christ is the age old question was in it a couple of weeks ago, and it's a question I've been asked all my ministry. And I would try to give an answer, but boy, did I get the answer there. And I want to tell you something, church. If you can get the life of Christ in you, you see it. It's just like he walks right into your life. God wants the holiness in our life to come forth. It doesn't mean that uh, we have to dress a certain way or do anything. It just means that we have to work on our Christian life that we are extending to other people. Leviticus 20:26 says, "And ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy." And 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 um, my scripture. And have who has that? Leviticus 20:26. "Ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy, and have severed you from other people." That ye should be mine. That's powerful. I can hardly say it. But severed means God has set us apart. Now we're not set apart to be better than anybody. 
We're set apart to be a witness of Jesus Christ. And that makes us what we should be in holiness. Leviticus 20:26, And ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy, and have severed you from other people. That's the word of God. I severed you from other people that you should be mine. You know, I've lost some good friends in my life. And when I read that scripture, I thought, you know, probably the Lord did that. He probably severed me because it wasn't the right thing for me. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't bad for me. It just wasn't his plan for me. Imagine that he severs you from other people if you'll walk in the power of his obedience and presence and recognize that the holiness of God lives in you. He says, I am holy. Be ye holy as I am holy. What don't we understand? He is holy and he lives in us. And we have to show forth his holiness in our Christian character and in our Christian life. Well, I've been going over lately, so I'm going to stop here. And just say to you today that I am humbled that God has asked me to impart what he gave to me to you. And I pray that you'll just think about it, that you'll read in Exodus and you'll think about the power of his presence in your life. It's so it's so important, church. He says, look unto me, be you saved from the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. We have an awesome, majestic power living in us. Jesus, we love you today. And Father God, I pray that I have done due diligence with your holiness. For God, I would never, I would never deplete the power of your presence that lives in us. The Lord, when I realize that when you live there, there is that prospect of holiness if we will just see it hear it and move toward it and be obedient oh god touch my people today with the power of your presence lord god it calls us to be a powerful entity against the works of darkness god you have already showed yourself powerful in our prayers continue oh god to dwell in us and use us for your glory lord and let us let us grow in your holiness. Let us grow in your righteousness, O oh God. Let us be a witness of who you are in our life, I pray.